This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. <laughs> I quiet. You're listening to Radio, Radio Lab. Lab, the podcast from New York Public Radio. Public Radio, WNYC, and NPR. Hello, everyone. Jad here from Radio Lab. This is the Radio Lab podcast. Something a little different this week. A while back, we did a program on the romance of space, and as part of that program, I interviewed Anne Druyan, who is Carl Sagan's widow about how they made the gold record that went aboard the Voyager space capsule. And on that record was a kind of mixtape of the human experience. All of these different sounds, music, natural sounds, heartbeats, all kinds of different sounds which represent life on Earth. So that it would go on this record, go into a capsule, get shot into space, and one day, billions of years from now, be discovered by some alien life form who would then play the record and then know about us. That's the idea. And we thought, what a cool, somewhat naive, but amazing idea. And it got us thinking, what would we do if we could put stuff on that record? So then we began to ask people around us and eventually track down some writers, chefs, artists, different kinds of folks who are out there in the public eye and ask them, what would you put on the record? We got a bunch of answers back. We put a few on the show that we broadcast and a couple we weren't able to include for time, so we're going to play them for you now. Five space capsules, okay, from five different people, uh, starting with Chef Alice Waters. But I don't know they coming to uh, seven fifteen. Uh, no, they're coming second senior. Yeah, nine yeah. fifteen. I'm Alice Waters, and I run Chez Penny's restaurant in Berkeley, California. Who's, who's the other one? Uh, the Rubinians. Okay. Well, when I thought about this, the first thing that came to my mind was a table, because that's a place where people come together to eat. Everyone has to eat, and normally people of all cultures have gathered around a table of sorts. Maybe not a table that had chairs all around, maybe a, a fabric that was laid out on the floor. It's a place where we communicate to each other. I absolutely imagine food on the table. We're in a moment of spring here at the restaurant, so we're serving the first piece. Uh, certainly would have a salad made with all these little young shoots of, of scallions and little radishes uh, scattered with mustard flowers this moment in time. And maybe we could have some 
some fish soup with fennel and some grilled toasts. Well, we're drinking a little white wine to begin. And then probably we're going to have some red wine with some cheese at the end. <laughs> I, I want the experience of, of being connected and sitting at that table. I love to talk at the table. It's not uh, simply about the food. I, I mean, yes, I think the food should be delicious. But it's really about communicating, sharing that moment in time. My vision is really about opening people's senses and educating their senses so that they can experience this world in the fullest possible way. Uh, food is a way of doing that. It's an everyday experience that engages your sense of smell and your touch and taste. and It can be a beautiful experience. That was Chef Alice Waters. Next up, uh, and this you may remember from the space show, we played a part of it, composer Philip Glass. As you listen, think about what you would put onto that capsule. A song, piece of writing maybe, a photograph. How would you want an alien to best see you and us? Here's Philip Glass. This is Philip Glass speaking. The reason I've chosen Bach is that uh, he had the ability to do two things at once. One was to, to deal concretely with the language of music. Almost, you can say, grammar of music. At the same time, while he was doing that, let's say, with one part of his brain, he was able to create music that we empathize with. He takes you by the hand, as it were, and walks you into states of being that you didn't even know existed. Bach goes out in the spaceship. <laughs> Anybody can hear it, and that will put it in the spaceship. But I would also recommend strongly that we bring uh, music in from other world traditions, whether it's from Africa, or whether it's a, kind of a throat singing that you might hear in Siberia or in, in the Arctic, or a wonderful flute playing that you might hear in South India. I was in India in 1966 uh, or 67, and I was in a small village in the Himalayas uh, called Kalimpung, on the border of Bhutan and Tibet. And a friend of mine, a rug dealer, I had been in his shop numerous times to look at his rugs, ran out of the shop and said, oh, Mr. Glass, come with me, I want to show you a picture. And he had gotten a hold of a, a film clip of Gandhi. It was a, a march he took in the 30s called the, uh, it was known as the Salt March. The English had put a tax on the use of salt. Thousands and thousands of people joined him. And they walked um, into the sea. And they took their garments, put them into the water, and harvested the salt. There is an indefinable, mysterious power that pervades everything. I feel it, though I do not see it. It is this. Uh, and I saw the picture of this tiny little man, <laughs> really, surrounded by 
thousands upon thousands of people leading this march, and uh, it was so moving. I think what you'd have to do is get that piece of footage. It articulates in this very simple act how societies change, how people that appear to be powerless and insignificant can bring about huge changes. Okay, that was Philip Glass. Now for our third space capsule from uh, author Michael Cunningham. My name is Michael Cunningham, and I wrote the novel The Hours. If it were up to me, there are a few things that I would absolutely send into space. I would send a Chopin nocturne. I am always envious of music. Every minute I'm trying to commit a sentence to paper, what I'm thinking is, oh, if only this could be music. My favorite love song is probably Joni Mitchell's Blue. Joni Mitchell is the, is the voice of our transcendent sorrows. It's remarkable to me that I could listen to Joni Mitchell at 15 before I quite knew what love was and think, oh yeah. And I can listen to her at at 50 as as a scarred veteran of the love wars and think, oh yeah. One of the things I would send that, that, I, that I find that I listen to over and over again, the Bernard Herrmann soundtrack from Vertigo. I think great Hollywood music is stirring to us because we want to be swept away. It's particular to our species. Emma Bovary wanted to be swept away. Anna Karenini wanted to be swept away. Huck Finn did. And Hollywood, at its best, gives us 30-foot-tall people who actually feel equal to the passions that we harbor in our tiny little breasts. She's my daughter. Faye Dunaway in Chinatown saying to Jack Nicholson... My sister, my daughter! She's my sister. She's my daughter. I said I want the truth! She's my sister. She's my daughter. She's my sister and my daughter! Get it? Understand. Or is it too tough for you? Or is it too tough for you? We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. I couldn't tell you when I first heard that speech by Martin Luther King. It has always seemed to me one of the more remarkable human instances of faith and love and belief in the face of the worst that can happen. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, 
But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Okay, now for our last two capsules. These kind of got lost at space themselves. The audio is a bit um, crappy. In any case, just imagine you're an alien, you're out there in the ether, and you bump into this capsule, you open it up, find the record, you pop it open, you understand English, and this is what you hear. Two space capsules from Margaret Cho, the comedian, and author Neil Gaiman. My name is Margaret Cho. I am a stand-up comedian. I'm a fashion designer, an author, a political activist. I'm a filmmaker. I sing, and I'm a political commentator on television shows where I get in fights with other pundits. Uh, uh, well, let's see. I would send some people who are eternally beautiful and perfect to me, like Elvis Costello and Bjork, who's also somewhat of an alien, and uh, Tristan and Isolde by Wagner, which is my favorite opera and should be heard by everyone in the universe. I think that my favorite sounds I would send are uh, when a dog hears a siren and then purses his dog lips and tries to replicate the siren. It's a and we almost never see the dogs on our planet make that O shape with their mouths. I love that sound. I would put up a photograph of the first lesbian couple to be married who had been over 50 years together. And we're married in Gavin Newsom's office secretly in San Francisco just a couple of months ago. I now pronounce you spouses for life. The image of these two women who have been fighting for acceptance and, and truth and equality for their entire lives and, and finally getting it for a moment is just so spectacular and heartbreaking and heart exploding at the same time. See, um, mandarin oranges, canned in heavy syrup. I love them. They're delicious. I mean, they are dangerous. They're not fresh. They are an aberration of nature. They don't taste like that in nature. But they're so tender and uh, delicate and tart and almost like a kiss. I would never ever want any alien to be deprived of the joy of a, of a geisha canned mandarin orange in heavy syrup. <laughs> uh, my name is Neil Gaiman. I'm a writer of things and a storyteller. What would I like to send into space? What would I like to preserve? All right, now you can open them. We'll gaze into the crystal. The Wizard of Oz. 
What's this I see? A house with a picket fence. The original Wizard of Oz. Weather main and that. That's our farm. <laughs> it's an incredibly peculiar movie. And I, I think I like that. I like the idea that an alien race could try and figure out what we were like by, by watching the Wizard of Oz. Ah, yes, the Munchkins. But there's a there's a strangeness and a hope and an oddness to that film. And some really cool songs. Follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. One thing I'd love to send the aliens, just because I love the idea of thousands upon thousands of brilliant alien social scientists trying to decode it, is the English television series The Office. Hiya. Come in. Which is the kind of comedy that... Just want to know why you think they're leaving, mate. Has no laugh track. I've got to tell you, I'm not, I'm not thinking of leaving, I am leaving. Sure, sure. Some people I never quite notice that up, it's a comedy. It's nothing I've said or done, is no, it? No, no, not at all. Dave. Definitely no, not. No. And I would love to send them that no because... Way. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what sort of a boss would you say I am? I'm a good, good boss. Good boss. Yeah. I'd love to see what the aliens make of it. OK, David, listen to me, all right? No, when no, I you say... listen to me, Tim. I, I like depressing art sometimes. Um, I mean, I like the... The range, the whole chromatic range of art. I'd love to send Lou Reed's Street Hassle, sort of 18 minute song about horrible urban grunge and death and prostitution and murder and stuff. Walson Matilda ripped out her wallet, the sexy boy is smiled in dismay. I'd love to send the aliens that as well. It's like, hey, we do this too. I, I like the idea of pointing out to them that we come in an awful lot of flavors. I was thinking perhaps I'd send them. The Arabian Nights, the complete, giant, 2,000-page Arabian Nights, just because there are so many stories. It would give them a very skewed view of the world as this place that's based in and around 11th century Baghdad, but that may not be a bad thing. The joy of books is there is nothing that encapsulates humanity. You'd want to send them Shakespeare. I think if I had to send just one line it would be we are such stuff as dreams are made of well that is it for the radio lab podcast this week these space capsules were made with the crew from back in the day alice waters was produced by jocelyn gonzalez neil gaiman was produced by miyuki yorki ranta margaret cho produced by trent Wolby. Who else should I thank? Lulu Miller, our current producer. Ellen Horn, our executive producer. And of course, our funders, the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, and the National Science Foundation. I'm Jad Abumrad. Thanks for listening. Radio Lab is supported by the John Templeton Foundation, funding research and catalyzing conversations that inspire people with awe and wonder. Learn about the researchers making the latest discoveries in the science of well-being, complexity, forgiveness, and free will at templeton.org/podcast.